0: Then the next step is define best practice. What it does is it removes some of the thinking that an associate has to do. They won't make as many mistakes. There's certain things that we do every day, every site, every time we start a job, every time we clean up a job. For example, setup, standard work, right? I, I talk to clients and they're like, the guy, my lead forgot to do this. He forgot to do that. If they have standard work, they know that it's every day it's on their checklist. I gotta do this, I gotta do this.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm your episode host, Molly Nolan, and today I welcome back NCG coach Jim Bradley for a continuation of our Lean podcast series. This time, we're talking about elements of the control plan. In our past episodes, we've introduced the concept of lean thinking, reviewed Tim Woods, discussed value-added versus non-value-added, reviewed Demaic, and discussed Kaizen events all of which are fundamental components in making a lean transformation and the lasting impact on your continuous improvement culture. When it comes to continuous improvement, how do we keep traction in the spaces and processes we have transformed and invested in? We have to have system checks of control to ensure change management remains sustainable and flows through to our financial results. This is about holding ourselves accountable to execute initiatives coming out of the change management process. From quarterly themes to KPIs, the 5S system, and more, Jim walks us through a recommended list of control tools that will help keep the implementation process alive and well. This episode is brought to you by Pentech, a gold-level Grand Summit sponsor and a supporting partner of the Summit member group. Are you looking to start your own business in the industrial coatings industry? Look no further than Pentech Industrial Coatings. With no franchise fee, free installation training, sales training, and marketing support, you'll be set up for success from the start. Plus, their technical support, protected territories, digital resource center, and networking events ensure you have all the resources needed to thrive. Choose PenTech Industrial Coatings, and take your entrepreneurial dreams to the next level. Contact PenTech today to learn more. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get Out of the Hourglass. All right. We are back with a continuation of our lean series with NCG coach, Jim Bradley. Jim, how are you
0: today? I'm good, Molly. How are you? It's good to be back. Doing well.
1: It is good to be back. We are recording this conversation, uh, post grand summit, uh, which is nice to be on the other, other side of that. It was a busy time for our team. It was your first grand summit and you presented on lean. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and there was some great feedback by the way on your session. I meant to tell you that even before we we started here. So it uh it's cool to kind of see us go from these conversations to putting it in front of a lot of people on a stage. Um, you put people through an exercise where they had to draw a pig, is that right? A
0: pig, yeah, the standard pig. The yeah. standard pig. Uh- yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad it it it's starting to resonate. So like while I was there, a lot of clients were coming up saying, hey, I really enjoy the podcast that you and Molly are doing. And like, I think that you start to see the, uh, you know, the light bulb go off, like they mm-hmm. can see how it ties to their business. Yep. Um, a lot of people asking questions. It, it's great. So the podcast, I think, have provide a lot of value for our client base.
1: I think so too. And it's so it's really cool when you're you're right, when you can you know we're doing these and you know that people are listening, but when you actually get to have conversations with folks who have listened and you can see how it's impacted the way that they're thinking, they're approaching their business and their operations, that's when it all kind of like hits home for me.
0: It, yeah, it, it certainly hit home for me because I, I felt good hearing that obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I just want to bring a lot of value for everybody, but um i i'm enjoying seeing people really embrace it and even my own clients are starting to like say I, i'm i'm looking through this lens and i'm starting to see these things and like can we talk about things we can do to kind of get back on track love it uh, so it's a lot of fun it's fun
1: love it well, yep. we've done four episodes so far in this lean series, and um, we've got a six total. So we have our, our conversation today and then we will wrap up with with one more in the next in the next month or so. Um, so we've started we've you know with the lean series the and and the podcast series, we started off just reviewing the concept of lean thinking, you know what it is. We've introduced uh, a couple of tools in the toolbox, that being Tim Woods. Um, and, uh, we've reviewed Demaic. we've talked about value add versus not value add. Our last episode, we discussed the Kaizen event, which is the change for good, the actual event where you're taking time to really focus on the, the process improvement and making it stick, um, which that was cool. That was one of probably one of my favorite episodes so far, um, in the entire series. And all of these are fundamental in the, in the lean thinking, um, you know, perspective that we're doing and the the goal though, we're identifying things. We're looking to make changes, but then how do we make it stick? Right. Yeah. And isn't that always the question in anything that we do personally, professionally, you make a change, but how do you hold yourself accountable to keeping that behavioral change in place?
0: right?
1: And that's where this conversation comes in. This is Uh, The control plan. So you mentioned, you know, we want to uh, make sure that after going through these journeys of identifying, executing change, educating, developing things um, for process improvement, that we are going to make sure that the transformations have control in place and that we are continuing to focus on that continuous improvement and identifying where we might potentially um, miss, miss a beat and go back to our old ways. So, right. the the term control plan is what is kind of how this is all referred to. But um, when you think of the word control plan in in the the lean uh, the lean lens, you know, giving me a sense of what that means to you and from from your experience outside of what I just said, because I'm I'm basically summarizing it all. But for you, it's very real from the work that you've done.
0: Right. So absolutely. So I, everything we've done so far is sequential. Right, it's the right way to approach this. So, Mm -hmm. understand what concepts are, um, the lens to look through for the waste or opportunities. Is Tim Woods, and then you know, it's really defining the value versus non-value and the system that we take. Um, So, right. So, it's it's an investment, but it's also like I, I like the term transformation because it's like anything else, right? Like like as you mentioned, our personal. Life, if we're if we're getting into diet and exercise, like mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight, right? Or if you're training to be a runner or a marathon. It's something that takes a lot of time and consistency um, and discipline. So yeah. I, I think that's the key word here is like, let's get disciplined about the investment we made by by starting this process. Um and how do you do that? It's a control plan. Right, yeah, so, like if you're
1: if you're going into this, I mean, if you realize you're not ready to to practice the discipline of making the changes, you're probably not ready to make the change.
0: No, no, I, I mean, because it, it's the bit, the worst part about that is um, if you if you start the process and then you drop it off. Right, because the champion of it's got to be the leadership of the organization. If it drops off, then your people are like, oh, here we go with another project that we're not going to follow through on. And right, we're going to
1: start, never going to see the finish. Here we go. Yeah,
0: so you're creating more more obstacles for you, not only with lean stuff, but anything like a safety program. They're going to be like, all right, here we go, starting another thing and not following through. So this has to be as important as safety, um, associate engagement just anything that's very important to the organization as a whole, right? So I I like to say, how do we hold ourselves accountable? And we got to have the control plan in place.
1: I think it's like when you relate it to the coaching work that you and the rest of our, our coaching staff does, I mean, our job, our job, your job is to help hold clients accountable. And so what are the tools, the behavioral mechanisms that as a coach, you, you put your clients through or you speak to so that the accountability sticks and that's hard. I, I mean, you can probably speak to a, a variety of situations where the accountability factor is working really well. And then somewhere like this person's just not really, really quite ready to, to be coached, right? To be, they're sure. not right, ready to be held accountable and to actually make the change. They say they want to make the change. Of course, we all, you know, might say we want to make the change, whether it's a, an operational workflow change that we know could, that will save us money versus or a, a way that we handle certain situations, but can we actually do it and stick to it? And so when it comes to to this situation, this control plan, you're going to speak to different um, kind of tools and processes that are helping t- to, to keep that plan in place.
0: Right, so you're 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 exactly on point, Molly. So the similarities are exactly the same, right? So when we're coaching clients, they're kind of feeling us out, and they're saying, "All right, I don't know about this." And then all of a sudden, the light bulb does go off, like, "All right, this is exactly what I was looking for." Same thing with a lean transformation. You're going to have your your team is going to push back in the beginning. You're going to be like, "It's not working. It's not working." Kind of like. Again, the running analogy, people start running and they're like, I don't see immediate results. And then like three months later, they're seeing substantial improvement in their ability to go for a decent run. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar uh, to the same thing as coaching. Right. But the discipline and the consistency. um, And again, that's why it's important for leadership to be the champions and really push. This is one thing that you have to push down to get it started to get everybody to embrace it.
1: I mean it's a culture shift at the end of the, at, at yeah. end of the day, right? And that'll yeah. be the the culture component is kind of our next um episode that we'll that will tee up for that'll wrap our series because if you don't have the culture buy-in what are you doing? Um right. so this that that in itself is is worthy of its own of its own episode. But let's talk about some of the tools Um, to help maintain accountability and sustain the changes that have been made because the changes that have been made, like you said, there's been financial investment behind it. There's been time put behind it. There's been a lot of thought and strategy, whether you brought somebody in to help implement, you've gone through a Kaizen event. Okay, great. This change is now being pushed forward but how do we keep it going? How do we make sure that in three months we haven't fallen back to the old ways of operating?
0: Right, so there's a lot of lot of tools in the toolkit, the lean toolkit that are available to support everything you do in process change. But the ones we're about to hit on now are what I would say is basically the makeup of a control plan and, and elements that I've used in my plan operations, my transportation background, everything
1: that mm-hmm. really
0: sustained the initiatives and achieved results.
1: So number one um, are two that we've kind of hit on in the past, um, and that would be the Tim Woods uh, and the deme process. Remind us briefly of those um, and how we can keep using those to keep change enforced.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's continuous improvement, right? So Tim Woods is the lens, the eight forms of waste. So you just want it that's got to be like a constant language in the organization, like look through this lens and then it, it'll, you know, if we improve a process, we're happy with the results, but like, you don't stop. You can keep improving it. So you keep looking for elements of waste, right? Nothing's then perfect. Nothing right. is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And then the DMAIC process is the systematic approach, right? So like define, measure, analyze, implement, and control. Like you can make subtle changes without a big project and like a big group of people. Just as, as a, a just for example, a job leader, I can make the changes with my team and watch it for a couple of days and make the change. So the DMAIC cycle is very important to keep in the forefront of everybody's perspective as well.
1: So always utilizing those those in your head um, as you're thinking about through every change that you've made, you can go back to the new the new process and reassess through through Tim Woods and then um, as to what the new the new kind of identifiable value waste opportunity is, and then run it through the Demaik process.
0: Always yeah. okay. Yeah. Um,
1: then we've got a, a term here that should be familiar to most of our listeners and our clients. KPIs, love it. How, so we think of KPIs always from a financial uh, perspective. Um, how are we pulling in KPIs here through a lean perspective?
0: Yeah, so there's no difference from the KPI tools that we use in our workbooks, right? So like we're, we're using them as lead-in indicators. So like, we don't wanna be on the lagging side. We wanna be on lead-in indicators. Right. So we can make timely adjustments. So when when we come out of a process improvement or a Kaizen event, the the key to that is coming out with a critical number that we're gonna measure, right? And it's gonna keep us on course. So like we go through this process, we develop, we're on a journey, we know where our destination is, we, we built the roadmap, but how do we know we're staying in the correct lane? As we're driving down the road, right? So the KPIs are going to tell us where we start to sway a little bit. And if we can get it to um if we can get it to like where we get weekly KPIs updated, it's even better. If you can get daily, even better. But um it's gotta be tied to the change that we did. So like for example, if our initiative was to improve a dispatch of work crews in the morning from a facility. You use that dispatch time, right? Did we get them out in 15 minutes, or did we get them out in 30? And then we can we got a benchmark that we know we got to keep looking at, right? And if mm-hmm. we if we slip on the KPI metric, we go back to the domain model and run through it again. What what did we miss? What can we do again?
1: Got it. I love it because this just helps our clients to build kind of that KPI dashboard. I mean, we've got our financial KPIs. Now we've got our operational KPIs. I mean, that is kind of giving you the full pulse of the business.
0: Yeah. And so like some of the work I've been doing with some of my clients, is like finding metrics that are operationally driven, right? So we have OER and we have LER, but like trying to get it to the point where the, field teams have something to look at within a timely matter to be able to make change. Right. So like
1: that matters to them, right? Of, that they see that them, they right. that they see um connection to.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Um I love the the analogy of kind of staying in the right lane. Like we know we we got we moved ourselves into the lane, we we're we're tracking down that road, that roadmap really well, but then are we uh, getting distracted by a call on our cell phone or changing the radio and we are shifting ourselves into the next lane and not even realizing it? So it's because it's it's pretty clear that we all have distractions every day in the workplace. Um, new new challenges pop up, new problems that can easily redirect us away from the priority at times. So kind of keeping ourselves, those KPIs help keep us focused on staying within within those, those guide rails.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, business is demanding. Everybody, like as leaders, everybody wants our attention. Everybody needs something. Mm -hmm. So again, a KPI will hold you accountable. You're you're not going to like looking at a number that has a a negative variance. No. Right. So yeah, it could be
1: hard to look at sometimes, but if you're not looking at it all, kind of it's worse. The the unseen is almost worse. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the next one you have highlighted here, and that is quarterly themes. How does that pull into all of this?
0: Yeah. So th- th- this is this is a cool one. So th- from my experience, this stems from Bern Hornish's Rockefeller Habits. Okay. So I worked for an organization where uh, we did quarterly Kaizen events. And in that, we did a process improvement and we developed the key number, the critical number. Mm-hmm. And then we developed a theme that would rally the organization around us all achieving that. Right. So, uh, in my past, like I, we had one for plant efficiency and where it was multiple plants and it was pretty competitive. It was fun. Uh, but we had, we had a large immigrant workforce and we used a soccer theme and it was also a year of a world cup. Oh, cool. We, we had all this, all these materials made uh, boards for updating the score weekly communications pumping out um, and prizes at the end, right? Like one time we, we ra- raffled off two cruises. Uh, we gave TVs away. Nice. Um, a lot of stuff, but everybody was engaged. And then we would even have components where, if you focused on like plan efficiency, you need your sales force engaged too, right? So like there was components that would pull them into it. And then we would, if we hit our goals, so our, our key numbered there, which is like, it would be pounds per man hour. And then if we hit our goal for the quarter. Then the next quarterly theme was, uh, I think we moved into sales, right? Um, how to build recurrent revenue or new, new lead generation or something like that. So every quarter, there was a new theme um, that linked the organization together and really rallied behind. So the communication would come out from the CEO uh, saying, this is how we did this week. This is what we're mm-hmm. looking like. And um, it was just always in the forefront of everybody's you know, daily activity.
1: There's two things there that I, I want to hit on. One that you said every that every part of the organization was linked to the theme and to what was going on which it, at the end of the day is critical right for for change to really be happening um that's that is impacting the organization as a whole you have to be linking departments it can't yeah. be production versus sales versus the office i mean all those all have to be um working to get Sorry, excuse me. I'll uh, have to be working together. There has to be like cohesion and collaboration um, behind all of that. Um, the second thing you said was, um, you know, the communication coming from the CEO or or management so that everyone was on the same page. I mean, we speak to that all the time with kind of that cascading leadership, cascading mm-hmm. communication. The goal being that every employee has a line of sight to the vision, that they're hearing the things they need to hear to be aware of how they're impacting the overall vision of the company. Cause when people feel like they are involved, they make an impact. They are more, more willing usually to to go that extra mile, to go that extra step because they see how they play a big how they play a part in the overall big picture. People want yeah. to feel included.
0: No, absolutely. And you're exactly right when you say linking departments, right? So like in our world, I think of the, the transition from estimating sales to inside ops to operations. If if they're not on the same page and have a common understanding, you're going to have, if an estimate's off, you're going to have bad productivity. And it, the the big fallout for that is you're going to have unha- unhappy people because usually you have PFPs and incentives tied to it. Mm -hmm. and then you got a lot of finger point and that's exactly you know when you think waste think about the picker in between finger points just complete waste oh yeah right so i
1: love it so having quarterly themes that are connecting departments for different topics for different change initiatives um, and rallying people behind it
0: yep
1: and it it keeps people interested right what's the quarterly theme going to be in Q3 and what's going to be how are we going to be involved and what's going to be the prize at the end of the day. I mean, people people love a game. People love competition in in various forms.
0: Absolutely. It's a, you know, it's it's fun, right? Like, like we made t-shirts. Like we had different different things, different teams going and like mm-hmm. they just embrace it, right? They they yeah. want to know their ad and value and they people want to be a part of a team. They love like company swag. Yep free stuff who who doesn't love
1: something free right right?
0: exactly right
1: all right the next one here i love the name of this um you call it a gemba walk
0: gemba walk japanese right so like all this comes from japanese kaizen
1: kaizen event or kaizen is a japanese term so a gemba is also japanese so tell us a little bit about that
0: so gemba means the real place right so this is nothing but um connecting with your associates wherever they work, right? For example, job sites. So basically we're saying as a leader, sorry, I could be job leader. I could be supervisor, manager, but if I want to make a real impact, I have to go on site and see what's going on. So most of us know this already. Most of us like heard people say leadership just don't understand. They don't come down on the floor. They don't visit the job site, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really get on site. And have them um, work together to identify problems, issues, challenges. Use that lens of Tim Woods, um, but it provides like as a leader, you get a deep understanding of what's going on in the operation, right? So like when I was a, when I was in the operations, plant plant manager, I I had a team of managers, and like when I would be in the when I would walk in the office and they'd be sitting in there, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like, our value comes just even if we're standing out there, but go observe, take the time and see what's going on and connect with your people. Yeah, so the engagement kind of goes it skyrockets. Um, associates love it when they're, when their their leadership shows up, and they can say, um, "Hey, I, I did this. I did that." right they want to They want to kind of highlight what they're doing. Uh, I know recently I had a client. Uh, that is struggling with productivity in the field, and you know I, he's the owner. Took time, went over Tim Woods. I said, "Look, you really need to go visit the project." Went, he went and did that, and then our next call, he's like, "It's unbelievable what I learned by going and doing that." Right, by I going by
1: seeing, is, connecting.
0: Right, and it, this is they're starting a new division that's uh, different than their centralized business. And he's like, the, the learning that you get. And I was like, you should take people with you. Get get this business development guy out there. Get the sales guys out there. Let them watch. Yeah. Um, their, their untrained eye maybe bring value to the team as well by just asking questions which would seem relatively simple or stupid mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some people's eyes. But it really gets the wheels turning for people.
1: And I would imagine—I mean, it also just builds respect and com- and 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 com- community amongst associates and leaders, right? And if associates know uh, that their leadership is showing up on the job site because they care, want to ask questions, how can we make things better? When change does happen, I would imagine that those folks in that production world, those associates, are the ones that are like more willing to make the change, more willing to adapt adaptability is a can be a tough concept for some people to wrap their heads around change is hard but when they know that it's coming from it's coming from um, some that they respect because that respect has been received and given it makes it a whole lot easier
0: yep yeah and you gotta you have to i I like to stress the point you have to go to where they are
1: meet them where they're
0: at i used to sit there and listen i'd walk in and i'd hear a group of associates trying to explain something to one of my managers and i'd be like don't you think the visual would help if you're looking at the equipment and talking about it watching the process Mm -hmm. you know and so i would always encourage people like you got to get out there and you got to see and when i was a young manager i didn't do that and Fortunately, I had mentors that were like, you, you got to be on the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the eye opening awareness for me after I did that was like, I was always educated and I could challenge people on certain things or, um, I wasn't blind and I'd have to trust what they say. I, I had the ability to challenge them.
1: It's why we love mentors. Mentors help Right. You become a better version of yourself. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is y- you. In a sense, are now mentoring through just saying these things other young managers who have not thought about really putting themselves in that environment quite yet, um, and hopefully that's a that's a takeaway from from this conversation. Now, another another um, you know tool or element in helping to keep controls standardized work standardized standardized uh, process, SOPs. I mean, this is nothing, again, this is not new, but this is a way for us to remember this is part of our elements of a control.
0: Right. So it's probably the most important in any any type of operational function or even administrative, right? So we have, I always say, you look at the value stream, right? or the flow of the process. And you look at it, you evaluate, you're saying, all right, this brings value and this is non-value adding." you pull that out, right? Then the next step is define best practice, mm-hmm. right? And then you, the key is document it and document it and maybe put some visual job aids together. It could be, I used to use binders a lot, um, postings of pictures, but um, put it together and what it does is it removes some of the thinking that an associate has to do. Totally. Right. And they get to move quicker. They won't make as many mistakes. So it doesn't apply to everything, right? In let's say trades, but there are certain things that we do every day, every site, every time we start a job, every time we clean up a job. For example, setup, standard work, right? Or, um, you know, we clean up a job or I have to, I have to record productivity. Like, I don't know how many times I, I talk to clients and they're like, the guy, my lead forgot to do this. He forgot to do that. So there's certain administrative functions these guys own
1: mm-hmm. that
0: if they have standard work, they know that it's every day, it's on their checklist. I got to do this. I got to do this. Um, but really important.
1: I mean, I even think about, I mean, anything, a lot of things can be standardized. Um, it, well, every, a lot of things can be documented. You know, what is we have, you know, the the contractor's process so that like the workflow from the very point of entry of a lead all the way through a job being completed. I mean, think about looking for and then all the opportunities in in between that where there are gaps. That, and are because we're not following the process where did we do double entry here why do we why did we do double, double entry here so the standardizing the process helps us to be um on i I would imagine on point with eliminating all potential uh waste opportunities because we know that this is exactly how it should be run run through
0: right so think about the accountability right so like if you if you so Standard work has levels, right? It's one thing to document it, you put it in the binder. But next, you got to say to yourself, how do I make it more visual or apparent in the field or wherever where it's easy for them to get to or understand, right? Mm-hmm. But then the next step is just say something big or wrong, right, in a particular process. And you say, all right, it, it comes to your attention. You go to the associate and you say, all right, something went wrong here. We need to look let's look at our standard work. What did we not do in our standard work? Or do we have an opportunity to improve it?
1: Interesting. All right.
0: So it's it's kind of like, it keeps that process improvement going, yep. the thinking, um, but hold you accountable. Like, hey, did you purposely not follow standard work? And now we have a problem? Right. So, yeah.
1: Great work track right there. I mean, that in itself, and when you're identifying a challenge or an issue with an associate, I mean, that in itself, Let's look at the standard work. Where did we where did we go wrong here as opposed to what did what did you do wrong? Or right. what, you know, what you know, why did you make this mistake? Let's go back. Let's go back to the process that we are intended to follow.
0: Right.
1: Okay, this one, 5S. Uh, this is I've seen this in a sign hung up on the walls actually at painters USA, their facility in um, in Chicago when I was out there. Uh, back in the fall. So they obviously they they look to follow lean methods. Um they are they're a large organization and so they have a lot of visuals on the walls of their facilities. Um, but but teach us about 5S, because I know that this is a big one within the lean world.
0: Yeah. So 5S is extremely important. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I I mean like
1: all of this is fun for you, Jim. This is yeah. this this topic is fun for you.
0: But this is like, like think about when you, you, you're you in a messy warehouse or a messy truck, like you open the doors and you're like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And then yep. you go through this S process and it anybody could open that door and figure out what's going on. Or, or in a warehouse, I could say, someone says, go get this particular paint. I got visual aids telling me where to go, right? So 5S is nothing but a systematic approach for rooting out inefficiency agencies, um, improve an organization, and implement standard work, standardized practices. So okay. it stands for first you sort out the mess, right? Um, set in order. So what, what it means there is you're, you're saying, all right, this pile's trash. I don't need it anymore. This pile is important. And there's actually a red tag process that you go through, right? Because then you bring a team in to kind of remove all trash. It says throw out here um then you got shine so you 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 remove the clutter you boil it down to the exact stuff you need let's make it look pretty right and then so cleaning is a big part of this right so like think about a big thing in some organizations is like in my i remember my plant experience we'd have a normal concrete floor that would get beat up but we went through this lean process where we painted it and it raised the level of um, people dedicated to maintaining cleanliness in the plant because they're like, all right, this floor looks beautiful, right? <laughs> We're going to maintain that. So then you, you get into standardize and sustain, right? So how do you standardize it, and then how do you keep it going? Basically, like a control plan. Um, often there's a six S added on for safety right so Mm -hmm. success and there's audits that go along with this like I have a pretty cool success audit where it uses a spider chart to help communicate results um but really important here so I, I a lot of clients I'm talking to like you can organize your warehouse very easily right so like think about uh I have trash cans and in my plants the trash cans always disappeared um, so I would, you make a little square of tape on the floor and that's where the can go. So when I was walking through, I knew that something's missing there. And I knew by color, it was yellow. I knew that was our color for trash. <clears throat> you can use, uh, what's called shadow boards for tools. So like hanging wrenches up, drills, whatever you walk by and you can see something's missing. So this is really impactful in a lot of our work vans where we're buying supplies. Um, They just leave. I mean, I was talking to an excavating company and they leave the tools everywhere on site. Right. And they get buried, literally get buried in the process because they move earth. And um, I'm like, we need to 5S this, you create a centralized station. And then you you as a leader can walk up and see the tools are still missing, right? Um, but more importantly, it increases efficiency. Yeah. So like, I'm not looking for stuff. Uh, so like my biggest pet peeve was my maintenance mechanics would run to the shop, out to a piece of equipment. And ultimately they'd be running like five miles back and forth. And I'm like, all right, we need the five S's. You got a little cart, push it out, every tool you need,
1: um, mm-hmm. really
0: important. The other part is it's a, it serves as a trigger because there's vi- visual management aspects. Like if you have inventory running low, just visually, you can see that that's a trigger that I need to order some materials here. Yep. Right. So there's a lot, lots to it, but really beneficial. In the, it can be done on job site. It can be done in the work vans and it can be done in warehouses. It can be done in offices. It
1: right. could be done in your kitchen pantry. It could be done in your clothes closet <laughs> yeah. like it's 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 such a great way to think about how to organize and see gaps
0: yeah yeah that's that's funny because you would think me being a lean guy our our, our kitchen's a mess compared to like drawers <laughs> and pantries yeah. i know
1: what you're doing this weekend you're gonna go five yeah, 5S, you, 5s your kitchen pantry <laughs> yeah you,
0: you know but like the, the problem is the discipline Right, that's a great example, right? I could do all that work, but my kids are just going to come in and mess it up, right? So you got to kind of hold accountability there.
1: Yeah, that's culture. That's how do we how do we change the culture of your kids keeping your uh, your pantry clean and organized? No, but it's hard. It does. It shows. It's a great example that there could be a total uh, revamp to the 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 warehouse or the shop. And it's all organized and cleaned up. And then because not everybody's following the process and everybody has kind of bought in, no one's respecting the the, the cleanliness that you just created. And then it all goes to shambles. Sure. That's frustrating. Right. It's really frustrating. Yes, it is. Uh, But I love it. So having the fun now, so when I saw that sign at Painters USA, I did not know what it meant because we hadn't done this, obviously this conversation of lean quite yet. And now it makes so much sense because they have a lot of materials in their, in their warehouse that they need to be, keep track of and no inventory of. And so they're using the system.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: All right. Then we've got the five whys.
0: What is this about? So, actually, a lot of people probably heard of this. It, it's, it's, it's in a lot of just normal business practices, but like mm-hmm. it's important in lean because it, it's basically a root cause analysis, right? Like, if you ask five whys, you're usually by the fifth why, you're going to get to the root cause of an issue. Okay. So, I, I like to say, like, you, you get, you get, if you can get your people that own processes to do this um, and make it a habit. Most of the time, they're going to figure out the problems on their own, right? They may need help solving it, but they're going to be able to come to you and say, "This is the problem," right? Um, often, when I was like, you know, you, as a leader, you can become the easy button. People come to you, and the problem like, you're
1: gonna you're gonna solve you're gonna solve it for right. Them.
0: So I I used to just say to them, "All right, walk me through your five whys. Tell me what mm. you asked yourself and the conversation you had in your head." And then often I, in the beginning, it's like they didn't, right? They just came to me. They wanted me to fix it. Yeah. But then it catches on. They're like, all right, this guy's going to ask me what my five whys were. So I better, I better be prepared.
1: I love it. I feel like this connects to um, situational leadership a little bit and not in you know, certain people or different people, depending upon the task that they're focusing on might need different levels of support. And so, right. if someone who someone's coming to you who you know um, you want to help support them in finding that about the decision, but you don't want to give them the answer, you put them through this five whys and help 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 lead them through to find the answer themselves.
0: Yeah, and it, it could be anything, but like it could be like a, a flaw in a process, a flaw in a piece of equipment, or. It could be a flowing material, right? Like we have a lot of clients that have issues with paint coming from certain distributors. Mm-hmm. I think Nolan Payton went through one in the last year where they were doing a lot of work to figure out what the quality problem was. Um, it's It can lead you to something outside of your organization as well, right? Right. It's like it's like opening a can of worms and like you just keep peeling it back until you get to what it really is.
1: That's why it's good to ask questions. Yeah, Ask, asking questions is never is never wrong. Um, okay, so the five whys, getting to the root of uh, root cause, and then we've got two more here. The first being value stream mapping.
0: Yeah, so th- this came up a lot, but th- this is kind of falls in the area of like Tim Woods and Demag. You just don't want to okay. stop value stream mapping, right? Always looking at the process, uh, evaluating what can continuously be improved because. There's always new technology and equipment being introduced. Right. Um, We got, just say we got 20% better in something, but who's to say we can't get 60% better because there's a new piece of equipment or new technology. So it's good to periodically review a process from beginning and like our contractor process Mm -hmm. and saying, all right, can we shrink this the steps down or can we improve the process? But ultimately, like we talked about through this series is, Uh, It's all about continuous flow. You want to keep everything moving, right? So like if you're you're coming across like a, not planned stops, but like something unplanned stops or um, breakdowns, you want to go to your value stream map and then figure out what may be going wrong.
1: The themes or patterns to just continue with the continuous improvement, keeping things moving, identifying, um, you know, value opportunity at all times. There's never... It's what I'm learning with lean is that it's just it's it's ongoing. It's a continuous lens in which you are constantly evaluating and reevaluating and improving and making changes, and looking to maintain, sustain, and then re-improve again. Right. It's right. so cyclical. Um, the last one here is should be also a, a term that listeners are familiar with. Um, we've spoken to, and that's smart goals. We've done a whole podcast on, we did a whole podcast conversation on what SMART goals are and how it relates also to situational leadership. But um, so SMART goals being specific, measurable, attainable, uh, relevant for or results focused um, and time specific. Now pull that into lean. How does this come into the lean world?
0: Yeah. So we. We have a lot of responsibilities as business owners and leaders, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we work on people and then we work on processes, right? That's why we train. Um, but ultimately, we're, we're, we're building leaders, right? So we have to be committed to, there, there's a lot there, right? You're, you're building their leadership, you're building their soft skills, you're, you're building their business acumen, and then you're introducing lean, right? So these are all components of a toolkit for a person to be a really successful leader in any business that they're in. Um, So what happens with all that is that flows through to uh, annual reviews and goals that are set up for performance goals that could be set up for a manager, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Competencies on a review. So what you want to do is as you, again, the investment, the time, and the energy to teach people this, is you want to keep it going by creating smart goals on um, performance plans or uh, review processes, and developing competency and annual goals for people. Right, if you have that review process in place.
1: Yeah, take away any vagueness upon expectations. Make set create clarity. People like to know exactly what's expected of them.
0: Yeah. We. We like to know where we stand, right? We so like to like, know
1: where we stand. If
0: I'm not progressing, that's why the review process is really important anyway. But, but if I'm not progressing, I need to know what we agree on that I need to do or improve to get right. to where I need to be.
1: Now, we just hit a lot of things within, you know, the the control, the, the elements that we just talked about within this control plan. Um, there's a lot of different components, a lot of different... Um, stages or steps to look through. How do you recommend um, kind of approaching this? So is it, are you building out? So like, for example, if you go through a Kaizen event and you've you've made a big, you know, big change or a a small change, that's going to have a big impact on some, something within the organization. Do you then build in, build a framework of, um, you know, kind of next steps leaving that Kaizen event of these are the KPIs now we're going to measure. This is the quarterly theme that's going to kind of pull this change forward. Um, these are, are when we're going to do our GEMBA walks to ensure that our associates are making or are, are, are actually implementing the change. Um, this is how we're going to impact the 5S in, into the warehouse so that i mean things like that like how do we build these tools into the plan is it is it is it is it an actual framework that you recommend people create
0: well it follows follows suit with everything that we've done in the series but like if you're going to do a kaizen event you're going to come out at kaizen event with a number of these control elements in place okay uh the critical number identified Mm -hmm. so you have good direction there right and usually coming out of an, a kaizen event there's like several follow-up calls to follow up on um how are we doing are we did we lose momentum did we drop the ball let's get re-energized uh you know the the goal here is like how do we the primary reason we do this stuff is because we want to make things or pro- provide better quality product service faster cheaper we want to develop our people right. um, and the homework coming out of it is important because ultimately whatever we change as a, as a business owner, all I want to mainly want to see the, the, the main confirmation for me is when I see the improvement on the P and L results. Yep. Right. So if it, if it's a productivity project, like did our direct labor improve? Am I seeing it? Right. Because like. There can be smoke and mirrors, but the greatest check and balance is: do we see it on the P and L, and are we consistently moving in that direction? So it's very important.
1: Which is why I tell so many, you know, new potential clients that we're going to work with. Our coaching is really much really done through a financial lens. Everything that we are doing is through looking at that P and L, looking at that balance sheet, and helping to identify. Um, improvement, areas that need focus, areas that need to be, you know, we need to pull back and peel the onion back a little bit. It all comes back to the the financial health of the business and all these right. things that you're doing in the day-to-day have such impact on that PL. and And that's where we see it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when, when the company does well, uh, most of our business owners take care of their people really well. So mm-hmm. that in itself is a cycle. Yes. It fuels growth, prosperity, and development for everybody.
1: Yeah. When when, pe- when owners are able to reinvest, are able to take profits and reinvest in the business and to provide benefits to employees. I mean, you're right. A healthy, a healthy PL is help it benefits everybody at the end of the day. Right. Well, Jim, thank you. As always, this just continues to kind of show, you know, the benefits, the impact, the tools that we can use to, to make um Organizations more efficient. At the end of the day, I think providing tangible uh, tools and concepts helps people look at look at a mess, look at chaos, and say, "Okay, how do we break this down?" Looking at a messy warehouse and say, "Let's 5S this. Let's sort first. Let's you know, let's understand what what it is that we need to do. Let's how, let's decide how we want to organize it. Let's make it look pretty. I mean, just having a framework." To clean up a, a shop, that's huge, as opposed to feeling overwhelmed by this this warehouse. This shop is a mess, and I don't even know where to begin.
0: Absolutely, it's a, take the first step. Take the first step. Take the first step. Get it. Take action and get it moving, and it starts to fall in line.
1: As they say, action and anxiety cannot coexist. That was go. a that was a thing at a. At a I take away from Brian's keynote, uh, we've spoken to that um, on previous podcasts in, in the past as well. But again, I just I love when there's connections that can be made and everything that we talk about. Um, so, action. Take the first step, Jim. We will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about how to implement the culture. Um, we're going to likely try to pull in Connell Mulroney from Nolan Painting to kind of highlight a little bit how he he sees that in his own organization. Um, but we will we will continue to wrap up Lean in a in a great way. And again, if folks here have or listeners have questions, want to talk more about Lean, um, you know where to find us. Uh, contact us uh, via email or info at nolancg.com and we are happy to continue the conversation. Thank you, Jim.
0: Thanks, Molly. I appreciate the opportunity to of review this material. It's fun.
1: I love it. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolandcg.com.